songs. Three songs. Three songs. Three songs. Bobby Mike gets Bobby Mike. 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 A three song. Three song. Hello and welcome to episode 78, November 13th, 2018, Three Songs Podcast. Mike Hogan here again with Bob Nastanovich in, uh, I'm guessing, Chili Des Moines today. Well, it's 21, yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm in the uh, in the basement again, um, but uh, who cares about the weather, really? Yeah, exactly. It's a little uh, pre-winter, it's a little pre-winter action, I mean, um, obviously, unlike many parts of the world, including parts of our country, there is no crisis here, right. it's just a rather unpleasant outside right right so yeah it's kind of the same here it's, it's not as cold but it's just rainy and gloomy and you know just kind of an all-around yucky day in, which is fine yes which is fine we'll, yeah we'll take that we'll survive uh so yeah as so, long as there isn't flooding or you know exactly exactly we're um, monsoons or fires my lord right just me seriously yeah. yeah that's that that's right where i went to high school uh, oh yeah, what town? <laughs> Thousand Oaks. I I lived. Oh, okay. So you got the double bubble. Uh, yeah. There. First you got the school shooting, and then you got the fire. Well, it was it was a, a bar shooting. I lived. Oh yeah, yeah. The bar shooting. Literally yeah. half a mile from where that. I mean, the bar did not exist when I was there. I think it was a Bob's Big Boy when I lived there. But uh, but yeah, between that and the fires, it was a bad week last week. But. Yeah, hey, you don't hear about Thousand Oaks very often. No, um, you don't. Unfortunately, when you do, right, the news is very bad. Right, very, very bad. Right. So, so, uh, so anyway, this is our second episode back after a bit of a break. We're 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 uh, we're starting a new streak. Peace to Thousand Oaks. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we should remind folks of uh, what we do here, which is you know we each bring generally three songs, sometimes more usually not less. And the idea, of course, is to expose each other to stuff that maybe the other hasn't heard, kind of play some deeper tracks or more obscure bands and, you know, kind of uh, mimic the days before the algorithms, before the because you like this, you may like this sort of stuff when, when it all had to be done by a friend and so Bob, yeah i am really from all genres exactly um mostly rock of course because i think that's you know we, we've been most into that's our sweet spot for sure but uh, yeah but then we go back um i don't know if we've played anything from the 19th century but we've definitely played plenty of stuff from the early 20th yes yeah um probably a lot of stuff from our lifetimes um even before we were born and um, we're almost a hundred years of combined life experience. That's right. That's so right. Uh, yeah, well, it was we try to we try to hit you with as much brand new stuff as we can. Um, Mike, for example, played the best last week, his favorite album of 2018, and that was a real treat. And um, so yeah, um, we try to we try to be as hip as hip as we can, but um, yeah, yeah, that's. Bit of a struggle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we we haven't we haven't taught Bob, Bob. Why don't you start it off? It's never uh, really come naturally to us. Hipness. That's okay. Um, That's okay. 
you know, so we just kind of fake it. Hopefully we make um, up a, w- w- in, in other categories, but uh, why don't yeah, you start? Yeah, I'll go chronological. Okay. I'm going I'm to um, venture into a uh, place where you visited many times before. You're obviously a, a huge supporter of so many great things from the Cleveland area. And um, I'm going to go right back to the days of early punk and art rock there. And um, a band I never really listened to very much and just stumbled upon in the last few months um, that I'd only ever heard the name. And then I delved a little bit deeper. And, um, you know, for a band that only played five live shows, Electric Eels were a very controversial group. Influential, Um, too. Very influential. Yeah, very influential and very, um, very violent guys. Um, I know two of the members... Uh, John Morton, I believe, is the founder of the band, and another guy whose name escapes me. Um, they used to go into kind of what can only be described as redneck bars and start dancing like they were a gay couple, only to um, have people give them a hard time about that just so they could start fights, which is an unusual hobby for a teenage man, but right. say right. um, la vie. Um, but they were also very confrontational. And um, I guess a lot of their shows got shut down, but they did a lot of recording then instead, I guess, to sort of pen in their crazed, maniacal energy. But uh, this is a song by Electric Eels from 1973, and it's called uh, it's called Agitated. Oh, I'm so agitated, so agitated, run through a washing machine. Agitated, I'm so agitated, I'm so convoluted, I don't know what I know, but I just like to shoot it, and it's 5 a.m., and I'm crawling the walls, just waiting for a imaginary telephone call. And I'm so agitated, so agitated, agitated, I'm so agitated, I'm so agitated, I'm so agitated that I'm so agitated, you know what I think, I think the whole world stinks and I don't need no shrink, I just hate it. Glad you played the Electric Eels, Bob. Uh, big fan of them. As oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, because they're kind of new to me. I just, um, 
It's interesting, a band that said they were um, originally got started because they were influenced by the likes of Albert Eiler and Sun Ra, um, guys that sound nothing like them. Right. That's what sort of spurred them to start, but then they, I guess they realized they couldn't really be anything like that. <laughs> so that's what they were listening to at the time, I guess, while drinking copious amounts of uh, beer and getting in fights. Well, and, and they were connected to a lot of other bands. John Morton, as you mentioned, um, he was also in the Styrenes and the Styrenes, um, you know, I don't know if you, do you know, do you know the Styrenes much at all? I just know of them. Yeah. Okay. Have you played them? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. dig them out at, at, at a future date. They're, they're known of course, for their anthem Drano in your veins. Um, Oh yeah, I've heard that. Song. Which is a, f- a fun little tune, uh, almost prog punk in a way. Um, but uh, but yeah, I love the Electric Eels. In fact, I I had them on a short list to play sooner than later, and uh, you beat me to it. So well, I don't like to be into the Cleveland punch, but that's uh, okay. I, I'm gonna. Who knows I'm how it works? But uh, it's interesting to me that um, how influential a very kind of small time when they existed in the early to mid seventies band from Cleveland could like be on so many bands, especially from abroad. Um, just like, I guess they were one of the originate originators of like shock punk. So they, you know, they influenced people like sex pistols and Susie and the Banshees and, and Stiv Baders and all kinds of people that went on to be punk rock legends. Uh, just, just by being, I, I, I don't know the best way to really put it. Bold and controversial. Right, right. Um, it doesn't take and much. And they would resort to any tactic, by you know. the way. Uh, you know, from reading about them, they did all kinds of things that uh, most would consider very bad. Yeah. Well, And um, they never really made it through any of their live shows. And um, it must have been really a gutsy move on the part of any local promoter in Cleveland to even put them on. So they I, had a bad rep. I, I can imagine. I, mean, you know, I was going to say it doesn't take much to influence. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of getting the recording into the right hands of, of some folks and then they share it for each other. And, you know, that's how you get a band from Cleveland that it, it doesn't play many shows, isn't very well known, hasn't released many records influencing artists you know across the pond but uh, uh if if you'll if you'll uh, indulge me i'm going to play a second one of their songs i'm going to i'm going to yeah p- it's interesting piggyback. to me also how like reputation back then obviously in these days like anybody like you can hear a buzz on a band and be like oh you need to hear these guys are doing crazy things in right and wherever like um, right. let's just say poland and we can you know find we know we can listen to them we can actually probably see a video on youtube back then like you know, whether it be fanzine culture or obviously just digging through record shops, it was just it's a different way of passing on information. But anyways, go ahead with your second. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback. Uh, I'm gonna play a song called "Splitterty Splat," uh, which also you know similar similar style came out I think on a seven inch as well. Uh, classic Electric Eels. Enjoy. Cool. Hey, 
Yeah, mania, just complete <laughs> punk rock mania. But but catchy <laughs> as all hell, though. I mean, you don't know how many times I've had my shoes are on fire, <laughs> that splattery oh, yeah. splat going through my head. You know, I mean, that's a song that just gets stuck in my head. It's like catchy, 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 but crazed. So, it had to have been a huge influence on the whole Seattle punk grunge thing as well. I think and they, they they could be like you know they. I can see how they definitely influenced all of those Pacific Northwest action bands. Yeah, I think they're the sort of band that, you know, like you said, they weren't very well known, but they were almost legendary. And I think that they influenced just about everybody that came across them at the right time. So uh, I don't know if they get the credit they deserve, but, you know, like you said, that was they were formed in 72. They were recording in 73. They were doing stuff like that before a lot of their contemporaries for sure right get there first mate yeah yeah all right well thank you thank you for yeah thank you beating me to the punch um let's see where should i go you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna stay slightly contemporary this is an album from 1970 or a song off an album called uh from 1970 uh, and, but I'm going to go completely different style. Uh, this is gu- Guitar Slim Green. You familiar with Guitar Slim Green? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is from an album called uh, Stone Down Blues, and it features Johnny and Shuggy Otis as well. Uh, this is a fun little song, a little dance tune. Maybe get up and move your feet, Bob. Uh, this one's called Shake Em Up. Guitar Alrighty. Sl- Guitar Slim Green. Yeah. This is Guitar Slim Green. I just got back from Texas, and I brought a new dance back to you called Shake'em Up. And it's something else, too. You better believe it. 
Now, little girl over there in the corner with the red dress on, you're looking good. Now, when I tell you to hold it, I want you to hold it. And when I tell you to get it, I want you to get it. Now, you're doing the dance now, you call it shake em up. Now, you hold it right there, don't move a pin. Now, shake em up. You're looking good. California girl, that's what I like about you. Get over in the corner, put your hand over your eyes, and let it all hang out. Now shake them up. That's what I'm talking about. Shake them up. What to do? Walk right out that door and lock the door behind you. And leave the women in here, shake them up, and get tossed, and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> you better believe it. Shake him up, Bob. So you're saying that was released in 70? Yeah. Okay, because that, that poor man, he died back in 59, so that's very no, posthumous. No, 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 I don't think so. I think he died a few years after that came out. Huh. I think He's he from ma- Mississippi, wasn't he? He's a juke joint guy from Mississippi. Uh, so I'm getting uh, Brian, Texas. He was born in 1907, died in 1975 in Los Angeles, California. So he would have been in his huh. early 60s when that was recorded. Uh, Johnny Otis. Okay, so I'm thinking of a different guy. Okay. So you tell me about him. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him. Um, I think he he's one of those guys that, that recorded in the 30s and then kind of just released some singles and maybe, you know, uh, 78s, then sort of vanished for a bit and um i think that's the only full proper album he released it's got uh father son team johnny and shuggy otis on there shuggy of course later went on to record a number of great albums including the original version of strawberry letter 23 which was then re-recorded and covered and made number one by the brothers johnson so just a fun record He's a beautiful guitar player oh my god yeah with a beautiful uh tone on that guitar yeah yeah so amazing just, how well that thing sounded fun song yeah it's one of those records that was recorded at this point almost 50 years ago but still holds up incredibly well does not sound it's kind of a drinking song i mean <laughs> uh drinking and dancing it yeah shit, shit, yeah it's in before noon o'clock here in the midwest so that's fair i'm trying to keep it under the lid you know till <laughs> At least, at least the sky goes dark around five fifteen, five thirty. You know, people complain about this daylight savings. I don't mind it. I'm with you. Yeah. What's yeah. the, what's the lone line from the the Stone song? Uh, sunlight, sun, sunlight bores the daylights out of me. Yeah, yeah. I like darkness. Um, I'm gonna go ahead, go right on ahead, and, and move us right along into 2018, Ooh. and go to uh, Los Angeles. This is a friend of mine. Okay. 
Um, a new friend of mine, um, who I uh, met via the joy of social media, okay. and um, she put out a, I think this might be her second album, but um, she's actually touring this one quite extensively. I know that she was recently in the UK, and um, it's a band. She goes by Lucy Arnell, A-R-N-E-L-L. This is off her album, Anyways Any, which um, you were mentioning how much you love the best record yeah. ever since... Um, she sent me this in the post. It's been on heavy airplay around here. It's got a lot of great songs. It's got a lot of songs, too. Um, but uh, this is called Carnivore off of uh, Anyways Any by Lucy Arnell. Come around, don't back down, your heart is a hell. 
Lucy Arnell, huh? Yeah, Lucy Arnell on guitar and vocals there. But it's and, a band, uh, right? What's that? Yeah, it's, it's a band. band. I think she goes by Lucy Arnell Band, but the um, the album. I think she pretty much does just about everything on her album. Huh. Which is pretty. I'm not sure about drums. Okay. I'd have to look at that part of the package, but um, she's a uh, a supporter of uh, Three Songs Pod and uh, or a listener at least, and yes. uh, and she actually sent me an email recently, a pretty intriguing tale. She was playing in Manchester, in the UK, and she was hanging out afterwards and i'm sure you noticed the song had a bit of a psychedelic vibe so she was looking for something to sort of stir up her psychedelic side and and she asked the guy who put on the gig and and um and he said well it's no problem i can take care of this and and handed her a a small container of smokable material and she said well thank you very much and uh it would be weed and uh and she said, "She said, no problem. Stephen Malcolm's played here the other night, and he was crossing a border, so he left it behind." <laughs> so she thought that, which sounds quite a bit like him, but she was very amused by that, and um, she gave a spirited thumbs up to the quality of his product, <laughs> which I made to imagine came from um, longtime Dutch sound man Remco from the Pavement days. But um, closing closing the pavement loop right there. Yeah, that's all beside the point. Yeah, so you can go on with your next one. Maybe I'll outro another um, Lucy Arnell song okay. to end the show. I liked it. Yeah, I want to hear some more. So uh, Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're, I'll, I'll stay somewhat current, how about? Um, I think this is an album that came out a few years ago, current band. They're from uh, Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Australia. Although this song comes from their album called Melbourne, Florida, strangely enough. Oh. Goodness uh, me, there's quite a difference there. I've been to both places, and you'd certainly be- rather be in Melbourne, Australia, for a lot of reasons. Right? Yeah, uh, I, I, I've. But I've, I've caught more fish in Melbourne, Florida. Okay. Well, it's on the Atlantic side. It's near where my grand my my father's parents lived, and I used to go there quite a bit as a child. I see. I, I've never been to either place. So I'll take your word for it. But uh, but I'm I, an expert on both. Actually, okay. um, good to know. Whenever you need to have a Melbourne experience. Maybe during the song, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with some trivia questions and try and stump you on... on... <laughs> no, uh, good luck, because I know everything about both, place, okay. both places. I, yeah. Well, are you familiar with this band? They're called Dick Diver. No, I'm not. You know, and, and a little while back, we, we did a show, I threatened to do a theme where I would play bands that basically limit how successful they could possibly be by choosing a name that just just career suicide uh we played a while back the scrotum poles of course the butthole surfers <laughs> That's one of the worst of all time <laughs> yeah but <laughs> i love the scrotum poles great great band great scottish band catchy as oh awful. no i really enjoyed the music but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, i mean it's amazing that yeah they even made it to your dinner your musical <laughs> dinner table right they um, released, they even released an album but i would put dick diver right right up there uh unless you've got like a guy named dick diver in the band or something but. I, I don't think that's what it's about but i, I don't know it could be wrong yeah P- prove me wrong anyway it's uh diving for dick this is uh <laughs> this, this is uh from their album melbourne florida this song is waste the alphabet australian band dick diver thank you
Song ends right, right at the end. Just you know what that reminded me of a lot. Um, they're kind of like a modern version of the Go Betweens. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're Australian. You know, they sound like a lot of the Flying Nun bands. Um, but kind of, a, but, the, but the Australian stuff is a little bit different. I mean, because the the New Zealand stuff always seemed to have like a bit more like edge, even if it was like produced and and poppy. Right. Um. That was, you know, that kind of like, um, it's like Australia, like, not Melbourne in particular, but Brisbane, where the go-betweens are from, just, it's, it's always seemed kind of less dark than New Zealand, which might have explained in some ways why New Zealand music in the end had more appeal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Australia always just seems kind of like sing-songy and light and like happy pop, and of course I'm not including like you know, modern greats like Courtney Barnett and that discussion. But um, there's a lot of bands like that. Um, I'd have to think, but um, I mean, Hoodoo Gurus, they were more of like a garage band, but they were also kind of like silly. It was like kind of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure obviously there are exceptions, whether it be, you know, the birthday party or even the dirty three or the Triffids were, could be dark. at times. Yeah. That's another band. Yeah. Yeah. They were another band that sort of fit. But I mean, just, don't get me wrong. Um, Dick Divers, they sound like a very um, cool band, but there's also like a certain amount of light airiness to them. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that. It's like the the way I think of it, and it's it's almost like a, an attitude. There's a difference between leaning forward and leaning back. You know, they're almost more laid back. And yeah, like like they seem like um, almost like a life is grand sort of band. Yeah, yeah. But they're yeah, fun. They, they're they're they fun sound, little band. Maybe sound a bit posh. That's probably why they weren't con- concerned about having a um, a commercially successful band name. Well, it's. I mean, that's the thing. Like that <laughs> that band name is is not at all like what you'd expect when you. I, I mean, the first time I heard them, I was like, "What?" It just it, it just didn't jive at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even. I would think that Dick Divers would sort of fit in more as a band that would like be playing shows with Electric Eels and perhaps the next band I'm going to play. Or the Scientists. Uh, speaking of another yeah. Australian. Band. Oh yeah, yeah, they were wicked. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, I'm going to go back to Cleveland. '83. This band would have been on Homestead Records. Actually, one of the the less celebrated bands on Homestead Records, unfortunately. Um, but uh, Gerard Cosley unearthed. A, um, a few legends along the way, as we, as we know. Um, this is Death of Samantha. It's off their... I believe the song was made in 83-ish. Do you know the story about this band's inception, how they got their first gig and everything? I don't. I, 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 I'm guessing I know how they got their name, but... Uh, yeah, it's an E. Cummings or something? Uh, um, could be. Uh, I know there's a Yoko Ono song called Death oh, of yeah, Samantha. Oh, yeah, Yoko Ono song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways... Um, I didn't know that, um, but well, uh, yeah, this is off Strung Out on Jargon, and it's called Coca-Cola and Licorice, and I'll tell you the story about their first ever gig after the song, Coca-Cola and Licorice by Death of Samantha. Hey! 
Yeah, more dissonance from Cleveland, man. That's right. Yeah, Doug Gillard. Yeah, do you remember um, those restaurants called Ground Rounds? No. Okay, do you, you? I mean, you remember like Steak and Ale and Bennigan's and places like that, right? Uh, the name sounds familiar. I I'm saying how, you drove by them. Like, I don't know how many of in. them live or existed on the West Coast. Uh, okay, I don't know the West Coast versions of, but um, yeah, so like just chains. Well, I mean, now like these are steak places, not to mention that great um, fall song, The Steak Place, um, <laughs> that have kind of been uprooted by the mediocre likes of like Outback Steakhouse and Logan's Roadhouse today. Right. You know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously, you seem like me, like the kind of guy, if you're going to have a steak, you're going to grill it yourself. But, um, you know, a lot of people indulge in mediocre family steak restaurants, right? So, <laughs> sure. The, the guy who started this band, John Petkovich, Death of Samantha, he was a janitor at a ground round. I can still see their logo. And he somehow scored them their first ever gig where he was working, I believe he was like 17 kind of crap job that a guy from suburban Cleveland would have. And they happened to play there and they didn't really know what they were doing. And there's obviously that's kind of a cleaned up version, that version of Coca-Cola and licorice of how they presented themselves back then. Um, they probably, they probably weren't as violent as electric eels, but at the same time they made a whole hell of a lot of noise at chicken wing night at a ground round. (laughs) And pissed a lot of people off, um, which subsequently led to a terrific buzz being around the band about, oh, man, you got to get them. That's the band that destroyed that family restaurant out in the Burbs. Okay. And it's just funny to me, like, how a band, um, you know, can get the ball rolling with a situation like that. (laughs) Taking a negative and making it a positive. It was great. Like you don't always have to be like, think about that. You don't always have to play in the conventional spot, you know, like the matinee of like the, you know, local punk rock venue or, you know, these days, like kids are so excited when they play like on the local festival stage. And I'm like, I mean, it's kind of an, you're, I mean, you're better off playing in somebody's basement, you know, <clears throat> or in anywhere where you can get a gig and set up your stuff. It doesn't matter. You don't need a PA, you know. Right. It's DIY, Like man. that, but... Yeah, so yeah, very, very DIY start to the um, the brief greatness that was um, Death of Samantha. Death of, Death of Samantha, they broke up. They splintered off into a few bands, Cobra Verde. Yeah, I never, I, I never listened to them. Were they good? I should have listened to them more. Um, you know, they're a band I heard a little bit of, but I never really completely got into. Maybe it's time for me to go back and revisit them. Yeah, let's go. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that as a little project okay. in the ensuing week between okay. podcasts. So where are you going next? Uh, I think I'm going to go to the UK, to the, okay. to the late 70s, early 80s. This is a band. Can't leave them out of a show. No. Can't do that. No. no. Mm-hmm. This is a band that I would imagine you're familiar with. Uh, I'd be surprised if you aren't. Um, they were, they're, they're contemporaries and very similar in style to some of the bands that you've played, like the Raincoats, uh, X-Ray Specs, um, bands like that. Very kind of jagged, angular, uh, female-led uh, I'm talking about Essential Logic. Oh yeah, I love that band. I figured you. I figured you'd be into them. Um, yeah, 
So uh, I wasn't sure what to play. I'm going to play, I'm just going to play this one. It's called Moontown. I don't know if you know the song or not, but, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're a band that I think, similar to Electric Eels in a way, uh, you can hear their influence still today on even some of the current bands. So uh, here we go. Essential Logic with Laura Logic, Moontown, Three Songs Pod.
essential logic rough trade band of course yeah i discovered them i remember um as a teenager i got real lucky and bought a cheap copy of that seven inch fanfare in the garden um which was like 81 or so it was one of their way it was really poppy okay one of the that was my introduction to them and um Oh, one thing to clarify: when you when you earlier played guitar Slim Green, I I confused him with guitar Slim. Who ah, is the, yes, that's who I was thinking of. Right, so different excuse guy. Excuse my, and that kind of le- leads me into um, my next comment, which which would be that Slim Moon of Kill Rock Stars um, released a delightful anthology of Essential Logic tunes. There you go, closing um, the Slim Loop. Yeah, it's a slim loop. It's a very slim loop that we're um, spinning here today. Um, slim Moon's very, yeah, very no, nice guy. I, have you, you ever meet him? Yeah, I stayed in his house in Olympia one time, right before tour managing um, Huggy Bear, and uh, I met him just then. So I only knew him for a couple of weeks, and I, I think I might have seen him once or twice since. Very nice guy, great label manager. Mm-hmm. Um, has put out a lot of really cool things. Um, yeah, I only a, met a him more, once, but he, he gave me a very nice compliment about the the Minutemen tribute that I did. Well, you're one for him, one with him. I don't I don't think he ever actually gave me a um, a compliment. I think he was sort of amazed that some loser from Louisville had driven across country with a rental car to drive an English um, riot girl band around with the Frumpies, who were a sort of a Bikini Kill spinoff. So the right, whole time, yeah. every everybody on that tour was. Um, sort of quizzically looking at me like why in the hell is this guy here and the truth of the tale be told is that it was 93 and i had some time off and um i was just sitting around louisville accomplishing little other than losing small bits of money at the races so and in fact i was such such a mysterious character on that tour was referred to as the Bob guy, which that 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 whole axis of people, some of whom I've maintained casual friendships with, like I think Toby Vale made it up, and Molly Newman was on the tour, and Billy Karen and Kathy Wilcox, and um, playing. I played Scrap. I think I sort of convinced them, convinced them that I was not a not not a weirdo just by playing Scrabble well, but. Um, Anyways, they did my job, and it was an interesting experiment. And um, so, you know, so, saw them all later when they when Bikini Kill um, did that thing in '95 in Australia, that festival that we did called Somersault. But, um, anyways, that's a whole bunch of um, not essential information after a great essential logic song. It's okay, uh, I like which I appreciate version. hearing. And yeah. uh, I was just gonna outro um, a sort of a different. Um, side of Lucy Arnell band on the way out. This is a, a song called Invasion off of Anyways Any, and you can tell me what you think and close the show down after that if I you'd will. like. All right. Thanks, Bob. Here we go. Thank you. Time is ripe time to see how the sun can reflect. 
like that, Bob. Lucy Arnell, huh? We lose you, Bob. Okay, yeah, yeah, I did. I just unmuted myself. It took. Um, I've been pretty smooth throughout the till the <laughs> last. It's like stumbling at the last hurdle in a race. <laughs> it's um, okay. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, she's very. Looking forward to meeting her and seeing her live. I think she's going to be very good live. So hopefully that'll happen in the next six months as she stays busy. But um, you know, I know you played the best. They're in a, kind of in. A, they they were off to a really successful start. I think they're pretty well known, and and uh, Lucy's not. So, um, but um, she's uh, hopefully uh, staying busy. And and um, it's interesting when like you haven't heard of somebody, and then, you, and then like you know, like people will tell me like there's this band the other day that I was never really listened to much, and I was like, I wonder if you know, wonder if I'd like them. A band called that Wooden Ships with a J in the uh-huh, middle of it. Sure, yeah. I never really listened to them much at all, so I was like, oh, I should check them out, you know, because I see them referred to here and there and like they like millions upon millions of plays on spot it's like you just said i have no idea who's successful and who isn't right 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 yeah i mean like me neither i just assumed that they were just like kind of small then you're just like whoa man this band's huge um some other band too i can't think of right now but anyways um sorry i was late today i was a few minutes late to get started and that's because i just bet a race at chelmsford a rather obscure all-weather track in England, and they were approaching the quarter pole in the race, and there's actually three horses. The only reason I wanted to watch it, Mike, is because I, not one, but two, but three horses in my stable mill were running in an eight-horse field. Um, so I made small wagers on all three, and they were turning for home, and all the power went out at the track. The track, everything went pitch black. Oh, no. Which I've never heard of, but thankfully everybody has emerged safely, and the remainder of the card was abandoned. But um, well, what I've happened never, to your wagers? I know we don't talk about racing very. Oh, refunded, voided okay. race for oh. sure. Um, but yeah, I don't recall that ever happening. So, uh, and you know, I'm not turning this to, into a horse racing program. But let's hope wherever you're um, watching horse racing at night over the next several years that. When they're coming down the lane and all three of your horses that you've wagered on are pretty well positioned that the power doesn't go out. So yeah, Seriously. And yet, something new happens every day in that sport. Technology, man. Technology. Whether it's power yeah. going out or you not finding the mute button. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, in conjunction with my inability to operate Skype. That's okay. That's I thought okay. it was winding us down. So, anyways, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. And, Me and too. we'll see you as soon as possible. And thanks for the tip to Lucy Arnell. I will uh, definitely be checking out her. She looks like she has a couple albums. So, I'll be, I'll be digging Yeah, in. the new one that, um, is Anyways, Any is the one that I've listened to the most, and I dig it. Nice. Well, thank you, Bob. And thanks, everyone. Yeah, for have a listening. great afternoon. You too. And uh, hopefully, we'll do this again soon. All right, bud. All right. Bye.